0: Pleasure to speak with you, Kristen. Oh,
1: thanks! Thanks for having me.
0: Of course, and so it's a great talking to you today because we're here to talk about um, Young Living essential oils. Um, and how you use it in your own home and your own practices. So tell me a little bit about how you got acquainted with these essential oils and how you use them in your home.
1: Um, Well, I'm really excited because I truly do love this brand. Um, I'm a huge Young Living fan. My mom actually, a couple years ago for Christmas, she gave me a huge book about every single oil and their benefits and how you can use them and and what to do with them and a starter kit. And from there, it really just – sparked my interest and now honestly they're the first thing that I grab whenever one of my family members is starting to get sick or if I have a headache I reach for peppermint oil right away mm. I put it on my temples on the back of my neck and I honestly swear by these products um I also have they have a lot of thieves home products um they have a, a cleaner that I use in my kitchen and whether it's food or makeup products or whatever it is, I try to stay away from harsh chemicals and that's why I love them so much because I can literally wipe down my entire kitchen and I'm not worried if my kids are eating food off of the counter or the floor or whatever it may be because I know how safe they are.
0: Right. And especially having children, you want to make sure that you know that the home is environmentally safe as well. Exactly. Um, and it's exciting, too, because I, I hear – that I mean, I know that you enjoy cooking and you enjoy, you know, doing a lot of different things in the home. But cooking is especially exciting for you now because I hear that you're working on a new cookbook.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've been – gosh, I'm knee-deep in it right now. I'm having the time of my life. I'm currently testing every single recipe. Wow. I'm almost done with that phase. And then I actually – just started writing actual words. Um, it's different coming from, you know, working on balancing and heels, which obviously um, there's a ton of copy in that. I thought, okay, well, the code book can be a breeze because compared to the other book, there's barely any, any words. But then about a couple of weeks ago, I kind of had a little meltdown because I hadn't written anything yet. Mm-hmm. And so um, my, it's due in March, so I definitely still have some time, but I've just been so focused on testing the actual recipes, which is obviously very important um but yeah I just started writing writing some words and um it's for the most part it's flowing and I've just been having the time of my life and I honestly cannot wait to share this with everybody
0: that's so exciting so where did well what is your earliest memory of cooking what when did you know that that's something that you really enjoyed doing
1: Well, it's funny because I didn't start really cooking until I had my first son, Camden. Mm. I always sort of had this vision of myself as being the mom who cooks every night and, you know, the family sat down for dinner together every night. Um, So I started cooking when Cam was little And it was horrible. I mean, I was so bad. But I tried to make, like, the second thing I ever made was homemade ravioli, which was hard to do. Yeah. I just jumped in. uh, And so I had a lot of fails, to say the least. But I just kept cooking because I really, that's who I wanted to be. And actually, the first recipe that I ever made that was a success that I made completely on my own, without looking at a recipe or anything, I'm putting in the cookbook just because it has such a special place in my heart. It's just a brown rice linguine pasta with scallops and shrimp, um, and a bunch of veggies and stuff, but, um, because it is my first success, story mm-hmm. i'm putting it in because um it's obviously very meaningful
0: to me yeah that's really exciting because i think that a lot of people are intimidated to you know jump into the kitchen because they're afraid of failing but you got to do those things in order to learn yeah
1: exactly that's how you learn i mean i still mess stuff up all the time but that's all right you know that's the whole fun the work in progress and luckily my family still loves me whether dinner's good or not
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the most important part and what for you has been the main ins- inf- inspiration behind this cookbook Is it
1: family? Well, I mean, yes and no. Um, Yes, obviously, we eat when we're at home, we eat healthy for the most part. I really look at my diet as, well, my lifestyle, I should say. So 80% of the time, I eat really healthy, and the other 20%, I eat whatever I want. I indulge. I don't think twice about it, Um, but that way, I'm able to get back on track, and I'm excited to get back on track, um, and I never feel deprived, Mm -hmm. but so... Obviously, I want to be the healthiest I can be for my children and for my family. So, yes, they are an inspiration in that sense. Um, And I want to show people that you, in fact, can eat healthy, and it doesn't have to be boring or bland. You can still enjoy all of the things you love. I mean, I still eat pasta. I still eat cheese. Mm -hmm. It's just the types that I eat are different than they probably were about 10 years ago or so. But because of that, you know, I I have a huge sweet tooth. I have a whole dessert section in my cookbook. It's just the ingredients I use are better for you. Um, And I'm a freak about reading ingredient labels. That's the number one thing I do. I never look at calories. I just only look at what's in it. And if there's crazy, harsh chemicals in it, I'm probably going to stay away.
0: Mm. And that's a great thing, too, because now that you, you know, you're working with the essential oils a lot more, that's something that you can work into your cooking as well.
1: Yeah, I actually, over the weekend, um, because they have a whole Vitality line, uh, which are specifically made for the kitchen, the Young Living Vitality oils, um, I made pancakes, I have these butternut squash pancakes in my mm. cookbook, and I made them over the weekend, I used the cinnamon oil instead of ground cinnamon, and they were amazing, they were so good, and it's nice because a little goes a long way, so if you're going to use the oils, you really only need one or two drops, um, which is which is great, because they last forever then.
0: Yeah, that's incredible, and I guess then and go and. Going into the holidays, do you have a a specific like go to recipe that you like to that's to use that's a crowd pleaser for everybody?
1: For the holidays, that's mm-hmm. um, funny because I'm I'm having a Christmas party, a family Christmas party at my house in a couple of weeks. I was just talking about what I was going to make the other day, but right now I'm just on appetizers. So I'm going to be doing, um, and because I am testing everything for my cookbook, unfortunately my poor family has to have the same thing over and over. But <laughs> I'm going to be doing healthier version of the spinach and artichoke dip mm-hmm. um i have these fig and goat cheese uh, zucchini roll-ups which are really fine Just easy finger foods i find to be great for parties like that and then i'm gonna do a tenderloin we're just gonna do like little mini sandwiches probably and that's kind of as far as I've gotten I'm going to be I have cocktails in my cookbook as well so I'm going to be testing a lot of cocktails mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's exciting it out on everybody. <laughs> that'll be great but yeah it's
0: exciting yeah and do your kids um, like to help out in the kitchen around the holidays whether it's baking or cooking
1: they do my boys my boys love being in the kitchen we have this thing called the tower mm-hmm. actually it's an amazing invention but it's like this little thing that they can get in and so that they're level with the counter and they can't really fall out of it so it's really nice so they'll get in there they love helping me all they care about is you know putting flour in a bowl or whatever it may be I'll let them stir things a little bit but it usually ends up making a mess but that's part of the fun you know it's all we're creating memories so I don't mind that they make kind of a big mess sometimes (laughs) that's
0: really sweet and I think that I mean in addition to working with your family around the holidays um something that's really important around this time of year is to you know maintain mindfulness and be you know keep peace how do you how do you find mindfulness every day
1: well it's definitely hard to be honest every day with three little kids but you know for me honestly once the kids go to bed they're in bed by seven so uh, ideally for me i love just taking a bath especially now in the winter months when it's so cold outside Taking a bath, putting a few drops of the lavender essential oil, or I, they have um, bath bombs. Young Living has bath bombs now, too, which I'm obsessed with. Mm. Just doing one of those, taking a few minutes for myself, and just relaxing, um, getting in bed. Sometimes if my mind is racing, I'll take lavender oil, and I'll put on my pillowcase. I'll put it on the bottoms of my feet. And I do the bottoms of my feet because um, it absorbs quicker, quicker into your bloodstream. Mm. So no matter what I'm doing, I have this immune-boosting blend that I do. It's lavender, thieves, oil. Um, lemon, oregano, and frankincense, and I'll put a few drops in my hand. I'll put them on everybody's feet, my kids, my husband, everybody, um, if someone is getting sick, and I honestly, um, I swear by them, they're always the first thing that I go to.
0: If you had to host any, um, like, a cooking show with any celebrity, anybody in the world, who would it be?
1: Oh, my gosh. That's a really great question. Um... You know, Louise Rowe jumps to mind only because I love her to death. She's a really good friend and she's so fun, so funny. She would be a good one to really do anything with, but to be in the kitchen because cooking shows I think can tend to be a bit a bit stuffy. And if I had a cooking show I would want it to be fun, I would want to have a glass of wine or a mm-hmm. martini, you know, and she would be a good one to kind of liven everything up and, and to make it um, really entertaining.
0: Um, And now, Kristen, where can we go for more information on uh, Young Essential Living Oils? Uh,
1: Just youngliving.com. Youngliving.com. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Have a good day.
1: All right, you too. Bye. Bye.
0: Are we good? Can you hear me?
2: I can hear you. Can you hear me?
0: I can hear you and you're recording.
2: I guess I can't hear you, actually. You can't? Maybe a little bit in
0: one ear. Hmm. no I mean, it doesn't really matter does okay it? you can it's still like, hear me like yeah, in person yeah like... okay well we're here recording <laughs> uh this is our end of year podcast welcome back we just spoke with kristen cavallari about her upcoming cookbook and her love for essential oils so um we're very excited to talk with her today um but now we have matt rusnello our right. managing editor we're gonna hear to talk about end of the year stuff we're gonna round up all of the best of 2016
2: what a year it's been
0: What a year it's been. Um, And we, so at the end of the year, Celeb Buzz rounds up all of our favorite albums, movies, TV shows, the biggest moments from 2016, um, breakups and everything in between. So today we're just going to give you a little bit of taste of what's going to be rolling out this month um, based on what our staff has chosen as our favorites, most memorable, most notable, and all that. Um... So, well, Grammys were just announced today, Grammy nominations.
2: Grammy nominations are out.
0: So um, we are going to start with the favorite albums going off of that. Um, So in their Grammy nominations, Beyonce and Adele were the top two.
2: Yeah, no surprises there. No, I think everyone, I mean, as soon as we knew that both of them were having albums, it's been like, it's going to be Beyonce versus Adele for. For album of the year, and yeah, it is,
0: and it is. So that's exciting. Um, and I think that we had we had a lot of great music come out. It was a big year for pop music.
2: It was. It was a very big year. Most everyone minus, I guess, Katy Perry and there was another. Oh, Taylor. Taylor, Taylor yeah. Um, but like all the other like sort of A list and you know some of the B list, um, they all they all dropped. You know, pretty big albums.
0: Yeah. I think going down our list of what our staff picked, um, pop world wise, we had obviously jo- uh, Joanne from Lady Gaga, Beyonce's Lemonade, um, Bruno Mars came out with a really great album, 24 Karat Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, Rihanna. And, yeah, Rihanna Anti. Um, Drake, Mariana Grande did a great one too. So it's just a lot of great pop music came out.
2: Yeah, it was, it was a, I think it was a really good just year in music period. And, um, most of the, the heavy hitters I think delivered even like Britney Spears, you know, she put out the best album of her career in, in a decade. Joanne, I think was a little more divisive. Like Mm. a lot of people really loved it and think it's her best, you know, myself included. A lot of people, you know, didn't really get into it, but I do think that it's the kind of album that will sort of, like, you know, gain a following over time. Yeah. Uh, Lemonade, obviously, is, like, basically the most critically acclaimed album Mm -hmm. ever. Um, And I think, like, Rihanna's album... I never really warmed up to it, but when it dropped, like, everyone was sort of, like, trashing it, and it had a terrible, terrible rollout, mm-hmm. um, but, like, it, it had some longevity this year, so, I mean, everyone kind of nailed it for, for what they were trying to do, I think.
0: Yeah, and then I think there were great hits outside of the pop music world, too. Mm-hmm. Um, your first that you know here is Mitski. Yeah, um, that's.
2: I mean, that's probably my album of the year, period. Yeah,
0: that and PJ Harvey, too. hmm she were- Grammy-nominated. Exactly, so... Um. I think everybody delivered. Um, some other favorites were—I um, mean, I personally did not expect Solange to come out with such a big album as she did.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's incredible that like the album is as good as it is, but that it came out the same year that Lemonade did, and you just feel like goddamn, like that nothing can stop the Noel sisters.
0: Yeah, yeah. In twenty seventeen, has a lot to you know. There's a there's big competition there. You have to mm-hmm. serve next year. Yeah. Um. Who do you think will be taking home the best album of the year? You have to uh, it's
2: going to be Beyonce. Yeah. It's, I, I don't like 25 Adele's album was a juggernaut and nothing came close to selling what it sold, but critically it was received pretty lukewarm. Um, and it j- it just doesn't have the, <clears throat> you know, the video component, the ambition that, that Lemonade has, they're both huge fans of each other. So, I mean, I know that Adele is going to be rooting for, yeah. for Beyonce. And I think, you know, given just like the political climate and also, um, just the way that, you know, fans react to things and following things like Oscar's so white, like mm-hmm. you you have to give it to Beyonce. Like it's the superior work period, but like, it's also, you have to do it because it's like the, what the people want.
0: Yeah. I guess most reflective on the cultural standpoint mm-hmm. that yeah. we're at right I now. Mean,
2: it has a point of view, like 25 as much as I like the album. It it was just like, like honestly she could have just like burped into a microphone for 40 minutes and it would have sold that much because she was coming off of an album that sold that much in 2011. And it didn't really necessarily show a whole lot of artistic growth. It has some great songs and some great singles, and you and I saw her live in concert, yeah. and it was great. But I, I don't think you could find a respect respectable music critic who would say that Twenty Five is a better album in any way than Lemonade. Lemonade. Is.
0: I think I would buy um, Adele's album if she burped into it, and I probably would cry.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, she does have that power. She, she does. And I can't deny that.
0: That'll be the next album. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Burp by Adele. I mean, if she needs to make a quick buck, why not? Why not?
0: Um, and you mentioned Oscar So White, so let's move right on to favorite movies. Okay. Um, I think both you and I admitted that we haven't seen... it nothing, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty terrible year for both you and I me. Mean, and-
2: I am I've been doing great on watching, like, 1940s film noir, so... Right. I mean, we can talk we'll about talk that. We'll talk to you about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think I saw maybe two movies in the theater.
0: Yeah, you have down Abfab. Abu- yeah, abu- absolutely
2: which, I mean I put it on the list because it was one of two movies that I saw although I I think I wrote in my write-up that I, I don't really think it was like a great artistic achievement <laughs> um, and you
0: did you see Moonlight or uh,
2: according to that list I did so let's go with that yeah cool mm-hmm. yeah, so it that's was great I loved it it was just a beautiful beautiful powerful film it yeah was
0: hypnotic it I was hypnotic yeah um, and a few other people on our staff saw it as well. Michael, our editor in chief saw it. Um, and he really enjoyed it as well. Um, it's, he wrote a really nice in depth thing for our end of year content. Um, and he says, if you go to watch it, prepare yourself for an emotional punch.
2: Yeah. I mean, I do really want to see it. Yeah. It's like at the top of the yeah. list. And like, I, I really want to, see, I, there's a bunch of stuff that I really want to see. And especially, I mean, every year at the end with all the awards movies. Like I really want to see Jackie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I heard nocturnal animals is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a bunch of stuff. I just,
0: yeah. Yeah. There's a lot out. Um, We have Scott coming on our podcast next week. He's our movie buff for the site. Um, So he's going to be giving us his rundown of um, the movies that we should be seeing over the holiday break and based on like who's in town and who you're going to go see it with. So check in for that. Um, But some of the, the staff favorites are... I mean, the only one that I really saw in theaters was Zootopia. Mm-hmm. Still very good film. Um, a lot more than I expected to see for a cartoon. Yeah. Um, so that that was a great thing. It talked a lot about uh, you know, the, the political climate, a lot of important issues going on for children. Um, Jelani, our staff, a- staff editor, um, she really liked uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. She's a Harry Potter fan, and she was afraid after doing the whole Cursed Child thing and being very disappointed. She was like delightfully surprised by this one. Um, so apparently that's a good one. Yeah,
2: I had some friends who said that they really liked it, and they liked it more than some of the Harry Potter films, which surprised me.
0: Yeah. Uh, Manchester by the Sea is Kit's favorite. Um, that's a huge one for in coming up on awards season. It's mm-hmm. receiving a lot of attention. Um, that one, Deadpool also. Um, with Ryan that Reynolds. That
2: feels like years ago.
0: I know. Gabby loved it. She said that it's, it's clever. It says everything you've thought about cliched uh, superhero movies. Um, so I know that that one was a huge hit. Um, mm-hmm. Congratulations, Ryan Reynolds. Um, and Ghostbusters was Natasha's favorite um
2: interesting I did see that one you did uh, that was the other movie I saw in theaters
0: yeah what did you think about that there's a lot of attention around that for different um, reasons
2: I think that it worked very well as a comedy I thought that it was very funny mm-hmm. um but as a as an action sci-fi movie it was not very good mm. um Regardless of that, I, I wanted it to do really well and yeah. spawn 20 sequels just to like piss off all the people who refused to go see it just because it was women. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't I'm sure that I saw the original Ghostbusters when I was very little, um, but I don't remember them and I have no nostalgic connection to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really go in with expectations either way. So it was good to laugh for two hours.
0: That's good. Yeah. That's good um and speaking of the nostalgia factor um we'll move on to tv shows this was a big year um for nostalgia and bringing back sequels reboots, reboots revivals, revivals, revivals miniseries mm-hmm. spin-off, spin-offs yeah. whatever that all those things are um i mean between full fuller house gilmore girls the will and grace thing that happened for five seconds around the election mm, time. Now they're teasing
2: potentially More. something else down the road.
0: Um, it's um, all coming back. What's old yeah. is new, whether you want it to be or not. Um, because yeah. people are thirsty for nostalgia.
2: It's it's not a great time to to be alive. Period. Yeah, I mean,
0: I think that. Um, I mean, again, like we've talked about this before, but there's a big, obvious, big shift from TV to digital and Netflix has done a lot this year. They've done the most, um, in terms like stranger things, um, was huge. Um, I mean the OJ, the OJ Simpson thing was also, but that wasn't on streaming. That was another big hit in terms of dramas.
2: Yeah. And there were two of them. There were the documentary and the, uh, the American crime story.
0: Yeah. American crime story. And, um, I think, in terms of TV, I mean, Westworld was another big title this year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Black Mirror was mm-hmm. another one. Um, you and I both enjoyed Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. We did, yeah. It was, um, it was good. People who I've spoken to about that show, they don't, and I didn't think of it either. I mean, I, I like musicals. I always like seeing going to Broadway and seeing shows. But when I think of musicals, I think of like the Glee kind of things yeah. where it was just, it's kind of campy and yeah. you get sick of it after a while. It's, it's smart sometimes, but this one was, a, it was completely different than what I expected.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm not a huge musical person, mm-hmm. um, but it's a very self-aware show and, the kinds of music that they're making there, there's always like a very direct reference point. Like you can tell that this is parodying a spice girl song and you can tell that this is parodying Mm -hmm. like a certain trope and it's not, it's not like, you know, musical musicals. It's always sort of like in reference to some pop culture thing. Yeah. Um, And they're all sort of just like silly, funny, um, like less than two minute songs. Um, and it works really well with what else the show is doing, which is like, Very lightheartedly but cleverly dissecting, sort of like very serious emotional issues that you know all of the characters have,
0: yeah. And it's self aware from the title itself,
2: Mm. yeah. I mean, I feel like before the show debuted and before critics got their screeners and they heard that like a show called Crazy Ex Girlfriend was coming out, people were like, You can't call a show Mm -hmm. this in 2015 is when it debuted, but um but like they knew that like it's yeah that's what they were going for they're sort of like poking fun at that trope
0: yeah um and there's a lot more that's coming out over the next year um but a few other titles that our staff suggested um are let's see we have the night of Mm -hmm. natasha really loved that one that
2: was a big thing this summer
0: Yes, um, let's see. The Crown is new-ish. New Netflix, yeah. Yeah, um, so if you're into the historical dramas, um, that's a great one. Um, I personally suggest that you watch, wherever you can watch it, Ina Garten's newest season of The Barefoot Contessa, Cooking with Jeffrey. It's delightful and very self-aware. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's just me, so... Um, I mean, we've we've spoken about it before, but why do you personally think that so much nostalgia TV was coming back? Um, I mean,
2: I think that you, with the generation, our generation, um, that sort of, like, grew up on these, like, comfort shows at the same time that this digital platform on-demand thing was coming up, you just, like, you just have this built-in audience to go back and, like, on the very cynical side, you have, like, Fuller House, like none of those people went on to do anything aside from Fuller house They're just sort of like trying to like cash in and people are tuning in, I think because they just like want to feel that nostalgic yeah. thing. Something like Gilmore girls is a little bit different because mm-hmm. they were trying to sort of wrap things up in a way that they didn't get to, you know, the first time. Um, but people become attached to things and You know, studios and companies realize that it's a lot easier to make money on a brand that's already established than to create something entirely new. Yeah, I mean, it applies to everything. Mm. Like, whether you're talking about adapting a book into a TV series, even if it's the first time, like you're still relying on the popularity and the audience that the book has already, you know, built up. Yeah, Um, or you're talking about relaunching something that. You know, it was on the air 20 years ago or 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah. It's just like people don't like new things necessarily.
0: It's kind of like cultural comfort food. Mm-hmm.
2: And that's good. The problem is is that I think we're just getting too much of it. Yeah. You used to have to force yourself out every once in a while to like try something new. Um, and now people are like, why? I'm just going to like watch the the stuff that I know is going to make me feel good. I can predict my reaction to this. It doesn't have to be good. I don't have to laugh out loud. It's just going to like make me feel that like warm light in my stomach. Yeah, it's
0: familiar. Yeah. Um, and I think that in the light of the uh, everything that's happened this year and in recent events um, in politics in the world, but have you, there's a lot that can be commented on. So I hope that, you know, artists, writers take advantage of that in the next year. Yeah, and spin out some new content because I guess it's kind of sad seeing like, not sad, but you know when you see like not even just in TV and whatever, but with music when you have like the Spice Girls who were trying to talking about doing like a new something together for months and months, and there was clear resistance from. Yeah, Victoria Beckham, and
2: yeah, it's just, it's just I mean it's hard on the one hand like you want to be angry at these artists or the creators for like diving back into the well, but at the same time, like, you you know, like the Spice Girls, I mean, they've probably been getting offers every day of their lives since 1998, Mm -hmm. whenever they, they broke up and, you know, they're trying to make a living and trying to do their stuff and people are going to buy it. It's going to bring someone joy, but it, it gets very exhausting. Like we, we just, we, there's nothing that we leave alone anymore. Yeah. And for the most part, I think, you know, unless these things are, like, up to snuff, you end up sort of damaging the legacy of something mm. that was once very beloved. And I think Gilmore Girls is a good example. Like, whether you like the the revival episodes or not, you know, it sort of reawakened this, like, critical lens that didn't really exist when the show originally mm-hmm. aired. And so, you know, no one I don't think ever really thought that hard about Gilmore Girls Mm -hmm. But we're living in a very different time where everything has to be think pieced to death. And now you're just like, you're seeing a a side of of that show and people are not only parsing the new episodes, but the old episodes and are like, "Eh, was this ever really that good? And that that just like takes, doesn't that defeat the purpose of having comfort food in Mm -hmm. the form of TV or whatever? It
0: deflates it. And I think that, I mean, especially the way that Gilmore Girls ended from what I understand is that now with... Um, Rory being pregnant, it kind of opens the new gates to, Oh, is there going to be another yeah. spinoff?
2: And I mean, to be fair, she said the show creator, Amy Sherman Palladino, that that was how she always wanted to right, do the show. Right. Um, but you're right. Like everything now is like, is this just another jumping off point? Are mm-hmm. we going to be back here in another year or two years with some continuation of this? And honestly, if things don't go well for Alexis Bledel mm-hmm. and whatever, like probably, yeah.
0: Like and Pete what, Campbell. am not gonna turn that down. Yeah, yeah. They could do a. they should do you know they should do a crossover um, between Gilmore Girls and Mad Men. Yeah. Um, with her and her husband.
2: Yeah, that would be great.
0: I think so. I'm gonna pitch that okay. <laughs> and see how
2: it comes. Now that's some comfort TV I can get behind.
0: I know. It's highbrow, lowbrow, all over the place. Um and besides, you know, the content of movies, TV, music, um, a lot of stuff happened over the year including a lot of unfortunate celebrity deaths.
2: It's a bad year for that.
0: Especially across, you know, the the idols we had Prince, David Bowie,
2: Leonard Cohen, Leonard Cohen, Florence Henderson.
0: Yeah, all in the same year. Um, There's some
2: other really big ones too. Yeah. Uh, and then Donald Trump is our president now. Yep, that happened. Yeah, it's been it's it hasn't been a great year in terms of of things happening. It's been a great year for new music. Yes. It's been a shitty year otherwise.
0: And I think, but I think another silver lining we have here is that, um, I think it, I forget which organization it was, but came out and said that um, it's the best year for people, uh, black people in in movies, especially um, in black culture and celebrating that.
2: I think I read something like, you know, and this, this can all change because it's very early in, in the awards season horse race, but, you know, judging on the movies that are performing well right now and what's being talked about Mm -hmm. and being buzzworthy, it was something like, like 16 different, um, actors of color. are Sort of like in the running for major acting nominations, which would, I mean, it would be like, groundbreaking yeah
0: and i think glad did a report too just across the board diversity has been up which is a good thing but also a lot of people question whether that's just a response an immediate response well, yeah, um, from yeah. from last year and how long whether it's, it has lasting power to keep changing instead of just staying stagnant
2: well yeah i mean i feel like you know we didn't have oscar so white exactly but we had similar conversations about representation in 2011 or 12 or whatever and then you know, the year, I guess it was 2014 that was 12 Years a Slave. Yes. um, Was nominated. Then we sort of like put a pause on that and thought that things would get better. And then after that is when Oscar So White happened. So yes, like it could very well just be the, hey, look, we're changing things up. And then they're just going to bait and switch. And it's going to go back to being very white and straight and the way that it's always been. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope not. Yeah. And if people sort of like keep, I mean... To the Academy Award, to the Academy's credit, they did, like, actually make structural changes to their organization, which gives me a little more hope that that will will continue to be better. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a constant fight. It's a constant fight Mm -hmm. for people to to argue for representation. If people stop fighting for it, it's going
0: to go back to how it was. Exactly. Especially in Donald Trump's America. Let's not relapse. Um, and the other only big thing that we've had this year are uh, celebrity breakups. Yeah. A lot of divorces, a lot of...
2: Brangelina. Brangelina.
0: Um, I mean, there's a lot. Yeah, there, there are a lot. <laughs> we write about like one, I mean, one a day. I mean, and Taylor Kinney,
2: they broke off their engagement. Um, did Kaylee Cuoco get divorced this year? Was e- that this year?
0: I think so. Demi Lovato broke up in, w- with oh, Wilmer. Yeah. They were together for a while. Wilmer broke up. Um Taylor Swift and what's his face? And Hiddle Swift Hiddle, Hiddle
2: Swift. Hiddle Swift and Calvin Harris. And
0: Calvin Harris. That was a double Whammy. So it's not a good year for the love either.
2: No. And we I mean we were all really worried about Jay Z and Beyonce there for a second yeah. too. Yeah. Um but their breath. they've they've made it through the storm. Well, it's good.
0: Um, um so I guess at the end of all of this what is your what are you hoping for in 2017 in pop culture?
2: Mm, I mean I'm not really thinking beyond Lady Gaga at the Super Bowl. All oh, right all right. Um, so I'm that first of all okay. but um I let's see. I mean unrealistic but i would love for it to be an equally great year for for new music um personally i would like to go see more movies so that when we do this podcast in 365 days i can actually say that i saw some things um i hope that you know representation continues to be better i hope that lemonade wins all the grammys it deserves and Mm -hmm. there's no controversy about that um and uh I, I think that we deserve a year off from really important, talented, uh, beloved people who've given us so much um, dying. Like, yeah. we just, like, let's have a year where, I mean, people will die. It's going to happen. But if we can, like, not lose another David Bowie or a prince, mm-hmm. just, like, give us a year off from that. Let us mourn. And then we'll be mentally prepared prepared to deal with that in 2018
0: yeah we need a water break yeah for sure yeah i, I second all those things and now i'm really just kind of hoping for this alexis Bledel, pete campbell crossover
2: yeah i mean let's let's get on the the horn as i call my email <laughs> <laughs> to netflix and yeah. see what we can do yeah
0: all right so we'll hope for november for that one um so thanks guys check in with celebbuzz all throughout december to get our uh, the biggest picks the biggest moments in history counted down we also have music videos that we're counting down um just all the content that you can imagine just like
2: if you were in a coma for the last year and yeah. you needed to know everything that happened but like really only like the best of everything that happened slash the worst when we're talking about like deaths and stuff um just keep parked on our website for the next month just and keep hitting it refresh and then you'll be all ready for uh for 2017
0: refresh it all and listen to these podcasts because it's kind of like a history uh book if you look back through mm-hmm. all of our things you can check out all the different chapters from the year and you don't have to even move your finger it's
2: a beautiful time capsule
0: beautiful time to be alive thanks guys have a good right, one thank you Celeb Buzz was executive produced and edited by Amelia Lardier with theme music and technical support from Adam Raymonda. Subscribe to our channel on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher to get updates when new episodes become available. And head over to celebbuzz.com to get all of your Hollywood news on the reg.